Welcome to the Ladies of the Chains Disc Golf Podcast. I am Becca Kephart. If you've been paying attention to the FPO division this season, you may have noticed a name caching at many of the big events that you haven't seen before, and that's Callie McMorrin. Callie cashed at the Memorial and Vegas and Waco, and that was the first time she's played all of those tournaments. Pretty impressive, amazing stuff, and I had a great conversation with her this last week that I'm really excited for you to hear. But before we get there, I want to get to some other things, including FPO action from the weekend. So let's start with Nick Hyde. It was a really crazy tournament and a crazy day. So let's go through everything that happened. And uh, Jomez was out there filming. So if you want to watch the Jomez coverage, spoiler free, without any knowledge, go ahead and just skip through a couple minutes. But I think by the time I get through explaining everything that happened, you will still very much want to watch the coverage. I know I can't wait to see how this all went down. So after round one, Rebecca Cox and Katrina Allen were tied at even, and Lisa Fakus was in second at four over, and Paige Pierce was behind her at six over. And then the next day, round two, there was just really bad weather in Texas, and they played about, I think, four or five holes, and then ultimately decided to cancel play for the day. That was before MPO even got started, just because it just wasn't safe. There was tons of lightning. It was absolutely the right call. Really bad weather. But then they decided that they would just cancel that round and then start uh, round two on Sunday and just have there be two rounds. But through those few holes that they did play, there was quite a swing. Uh, Paige Pierce had played pretty well, and Rebecca Cox had struggled and lost several strokes to Katrina Allen. So it didn't really make sense for that round to be vacated. And, And actually, if you look at the competition manual, that round should be resumed. And this is something that I remembered happening at Idlewild last year, but I haven't looked at the competition manual in a while, and I couldn't really remember how it worked either. But it very clearly states in there, if it's one of the middle rounds, like not the final round, and it's canceled, you do want to resume and finish that round before you start another round. So eventually, the TD, the guys at UDISC were made aware of this, and they realized that just playing an additional round and, and vacating the scores that had already happened in round two really wasn't fair, and it was also against the rules, so who knows what would have happened. And it's my understanding that the TD talked to the PDGA, and they, and they worked out that FPO would play basically four or five more holes to make it a full nine hole round to complete that round and complete the tournament. But here's the thing. They didn't make that decision until the FPO field was already out playing what was quote unquote round two. So the, the round on Sunday, we'll call it that. And so they were at some point made aware that after they finished this round, they were going to have to basically go back and play, I think, four more holes to complete the nine hole round. So I'm sure that was kind of confusing. But really, if you look at it from the big picture, given the situation, it was the, the most fair way to finish. So Sunday's first 
round of the day that was the complete 19 holes. Uh, Paige Pierce kind of caught fire there. She shot the hot round at three under and Rebecca Cox played pretty well as well as, as did Katrina Allen. So if, if things had like ended, I believe Rebecca Cox would have won by one stroke, but the scores were added back in from what they had played the prior day before they canceled the round before the rain, like the final rain delay, basically. So those extra strokes that Rebecca had gotten got added back into her score as well as Katrina's score and Paige's. So at this point, Katrina is in the lead and Paige and Rebecca Cox are behind. And then Katrina took a double bogey on a hole. All of a sudden, Paige Pierce is only a couple strokes behind. All of a sudden, Paige Pierce is only one stroke behind. And when all is said and done, Paige Pierce eagles the very last hole to take the outright win. Crazy, crazy stuff. And the hole that she took the eagle on is an 858 foot par five that she eagled with a 16 foot putt. So like I said, I really can't wait for this Jomez coverage to come out. Obviously, this is going to be kind of controversial and kind of crazy, but you know, the, the takeaway obviously is this is a lesson learned. Now, like all of us are going to be very aware of what should happen with the suspension of play due to weather. The, I, I read back through that and I think it's pretty, pretty clear. Um, so we'll all learn our lesson, move forward, but <laughs> crazy round. I can tell you just from looking at the UDISC stats, there's going to be some fireworks happening from various players on that card that you're going to want to watch too. So definitely get on that Joe Mez coverage when it comes out. So this wasn't the only A-tier to happen this weekend. The Tallahassee Open also was down in Florida and Ellen Widboom took the win and that's back-to-back A-tier wins for Ellen. So shout out to Ellen. That's fantastic. And then Madison Walker came in second place and Hannah Leatherman came in third, which is really exciting. Really uh, neat to see Hannah Leatherman back out there competing and yeah, taking third. That's great. The Vintage Open happened down in Arkansas and Missy Gannon shot very well and took that win. Now, also at Nick Hyde, there were just eight FPO players because some other FPO players and some other women were down at the Texas Women's Championship. And that looked like a really fun tournament. I'm sure they had some weather down there too, um, but they were able to complete their two rounds, which is fantastic. And Sarah Hokum takes the win. Christina Linthicum, that was on the show a couple weeks ago, took second. And Stephanie Vincent, also from Texas, took third place. I wanted to give shout outs to all the division winners in the Texas Women's Championship. So Christina Gold took FPO 40. Judith Foster took FA1. Renee Woodward won FM 40. Karen Dorier took FM 50. Cassandra Parker won FA2. Haley Castria took FA3. Kelsey Sweeten took FA4. FJ18 was taken by Olivia Erickson. FJ12 was won by Mary Jane Stevens. And FJ10 was won by Zoe Martinez. So congratulations to all the women that competed out there this weekend. And congratulations to all the other women that played as well. We have so many events every week, and it's just fantastic to see so many women out there playing and competing really well. So hey, if I miss something big, 
uh, shoot me an email, tell me on social media, let's get that out there, let's get that shared. So in case you aren't already super excited about everything that's going on uh, in FPO, let's talk quickly a little bit about Jonesboro that will be happening this weekend. It's the third event on the Disc Golf Pro Tour. And y'all, this is a fun, exciting FPO field. And I can tell you with some certainty, looking at the weather and the trends, that it's not going to snow this year. So that's also very exciting. But in FPO, obviously, one of the top stories is Henna Blomros is coming over from Finland to compete at Jonesboro. I saw that she's going to be on the featured card, that live coverage that I believe will also be on edited coverage later uh, for round one. So I'm really, really excited about that. Excited to see her playing in the US. I don't think she's competed over here yet. So that is great. And then also in this field, we've got a ton of top pros. You know, Jennifer Allen is out there. Both of the pages, uh, Katrina Allen, Sarah Hokum, Jessica Weiss, Lisa Figgis, Rebecca, all you know, the players that you're excited to see are going to be out there, as well as a bunch of up-and-comers and young players that I want to highlight. Uh, Haley King is going to be out there. Uh, reigning FJ18 world champion Cynthia Ricciotti is going to be out there. Reigning FJ15 world champion Edie Hurd is going to be there. Uh, Kat Merch, who is another exciting young player out of Arkansas, is going to be there. So, I can't wait to watch this tournament. You can uh, pay attention to the UDISC stats. And like I said, there will be live coverage of FPO every day, I believe, at dgpt.tv. So the Disc Golf Pro Tour is uh, moving their coverage over to that website. I don't think it's on YouTube, but go follow the Disc Golf Pro Tour on Facebook and you can get all the info there as well. As well as if you go to dgpt.com slash fantasy, you can enter your fantasy picks for this week to win. And I will do that as well. And if you do better than me, I get to give you something on behalf of the Pro Tour. All right, real quick. Uh, some upcoming things in the world of women's disc golf. Hey, registration for U.S. Women's is opening on April 8th. So get signed up for that. I'm very excited to sign up for that myself. And Spotsy's Finest Open in Fredericksburg, Virginia is April 20th. There's still open spots for that tournament. So go check that out. And Off the Chain that we've been talking about in Ankeny, Iowa is happening on April 27th, and there's still openings there as well. So, so much exciting stuff. It is a great time to be a fan of disc golf and a fan of women's disc golf. We'll take a quick break, and when we come back, my conversation with... Callie McMorrin. Ladies First Disc Golf is the most comprehensive retailer for women's disc golf needs. With over 50 five-star reviews on Google and Facebook, listen to what their customers have to say. Carla C. says this is the place to shop when wanting to get something special for the disc golfing ladies you know. The superior customer service, ability to quickly make custom orders, product knowledge, and utter kindness shown to all makes this a standout company. If you are looking for stylish and comfortable disc golf apparel and discs for women disc golfers of all skill levels, Ladies First Disc Golf has your needs covered. For Ladies of the Chains listeners, we're offering an exclusive 20% off discount on your next order of $19 or more. Visit ladiesfirstdiscgolf.com and use code LOTC20 at checkout. Kelly McMoran, how are you doing today? Doing good. How are you? I am doing very well. Hey, congrats on a really great start to your season so far. Thank you. So let's go back to the beginning. How did you first get involved in disc golf? So I actually first got involved because my dad 
was uh, playing. He's played for quite a while, over 10 years. And uh, I was playing competitive basketball before then. So I did a lot of course maintenance, believe it or not, and never really grew a frisbee. And one day, probably six years after I had been introduced to the sport, my dad looked at me and was like, hey, I signed you up for your tournament. And I was like, excuse me? And so he handed me a bag full of destroyers. And it was a nightmare. I took dead last in wreck. And, but then at that point on, I was determined. I was like, I'm going to figure this out. And so my competitive nature just kind of stuck with that. And so I started, I played that tournament, kind of didn't do anything after that, but was interested in the sport because of that. So when my basketball career kind of simmered out and I chose, I didn't want to do that in college, I took all my focus and pointed it towards disc golf and three, four years later, here I am. That's so. awesome. Right on. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It was a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> so when you said you were doing course maintenance, is that something that your dad was involved in and he would just kind of bring you along? Yes. Or, okay. Awesome. Yes. We, we have always been very involved in the Memphis um, surrounding courses as far as just doing what's necessary to keep them at top notch. And we've got a private course called Bud Hill and Danny and Barbara are an adorable older couple that own a bunch of property and they have a gorgeous disc golf course there. A lot of people, it's actually on the map. It's been, it's been ranked um, high as far as disc golf courses go. And we've been installing courses left and right. We've got a new one in my hometown that just went in. The tee boxes have just been poured yesterday. Went and checked that out. Um, they're just pulling the forms today. They're planning on putting three more disc golf courses in Arlington that we will be involved in. They're putting in another course out in Orville, which is out in Millington, Tennessee. And so it's going to be a pro-style, championship-style course that we're hoping to get a pro tour at some point. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, and I think yeah. I saw on social media that you were out there playing with your mom and sister yesterday. So does your whole family yes. play? or? They do now. That's more of a recent thing. My mom was never an outdoors person, like scared of dirt, scared of bugs. It was really funny. So when she first started throwing, she threw, I don't know, some DX hunk of crap, but she, she grip locked it into the woods. And I was like, you have to go get that. And she's like, uh, I make enough money. I will buy another one. Like, I'm not going in the woods. And so that has grown into now she is all about it. I can't get her off the course. Oh, that's so awesome. She's frustrated when we go play without her when she's at work. So she's all about it. My middle sister is the only one. She was with me yesterday. She, you know, she plays, but she isn't in love with it. But the rest of us are, so. That's fantastic. So yeah, talk to me a little bit more about um, the Memphis area disc golf scene and, and what these courses are like. It's actually an area I've I've never been to Western Tennessee, just Eastern. So yeah, tell me more about it. Okay, so if you've ever seen like Waco, that course in the, the beast that we just played, so it's a lot of golf like that. So you have a few open holes usually on a course, but majority of it is in the woods. It's very technical, tight like that. If you get off the fairway, you can get in trouble quick. Um, which I think is why I really I really enjoyed Waco. It was one of my favorite courses. Um, a lot of them are like that. That's where Orgel, the course that we just installed, and Jonathan Reed and my dad, Richard McLaurin, part of uh, Team Grassroots, have been doing tons of work out there. Um, it's a 20-hole course. They're talking about making it an 18 course just to make it because they're putting it in, and it's <laughs> there's a tournament supposed to be playing out there in a month, so they've got very little time to get all these tee boxes put in. 
the dogwood. It's a C tier, and um, Dave Smith runs that. Um, but we've been working on that, and it is a outright beast. Like it is long. There are par fives. There are par sixes. Like it is long all around water. There's lots of wind, and then there's actually a few technical courses. It reminded me a lot of Waco. So we're really excited about that. Um, as far as disc and scene around here, there's leagues every single night. There's tons of tons of players. Um, it's just it's a really good community for the disc golf. Wonderful. So at some point you went from a bag full of destroyers to a professional disc golfer. <laughs> so can yes. you talk about yes. uh, the decision to go pro? Did you do some amateur stuff before then? Yes. So it's kind of crazy because I was never really like head over heels in love with disc golf, like not until by the last year. So what changed that was I went randomly with my best friend and her boyfriend to Bowling Green AM Championships. Out of the blue, just signed up. I was like, okay, that looks like fun. I'll, I'm off work that week. I'll go, whatever. Um, went up there. I was signed up intermediate. They informed me that based on my PGA rating, I couldn't play intermediate, and they put me in advance. Well, I didn't even know what a rating was. I had no idea, right? So I'm like, okay, well, now I'm really scared because I feel like I'm going to lose. Went up there, actually end up winning, and so now I'm hooked. So I'm like, okay. So I guess I'm okay at this. <laughs> I don't know. So after that point, I looked into um, U.S. Women's, went to that, went to AM Worlds um, in the Quad Cities. And from that point on, it became like a father-daughter thing where it was more, we're taking trips and I want to see where I can take this. And I was playing basketball and that consumed my life. And I had offers to play Division A basketball, and I turned them down. I took the academic scholarship instead. So I was at University of Memphis. I'm in the middle of my junior year, and I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, and I'm to the point where you need to figure this out. It's it's time. So I look at my mom and dad, and I'm like, I don't know what I want to do. I was in a business degree, probably what I'll end up getting. And I went on a small tour with Jonathan Ray after we went to GBO and he looked at me and was like, you don't know what you want to do kid. So why don't you go on the road with me for a few months? So I went with him for two and a half months. My PDGA rating jumped 41 points in that short amount of time. I went pro over that small session because they talked me into it. But around here, I don't know what pro is. So sure. once I got on the road, I got a taste for what that really was. Right. So I ended up playing my first A tier was the Majestic, I believe, mm -hmm. and I took fifth place, which was astonishing. I did not expect that at all. I played with some of the best women in the world, and I was actually competing with them. Mm -hmm. So I looked at everybody around me. I'm like, okay, so I think this is what I want to do. And my mom and dad, when I got home, I finished another semester of college, finished my finals, looked at them. And they were like, why don't you go? Why don't you go on the road? So completely, I just, I put college on pause. My parents helped me out with purchasing an RV. I got sponsored and everything kind of lined up perfectly for me to, for me to take this journey. So I'm, I'm really thrilled with the opportunities that I've gotten because I know that not everybody gets to do this. And it's pretty much lined itself up perfectly for me. So I'm, I'm excited. 
Yeah. And it looks like uh, from looking at your PDGA page, you're signed up for pretty much all the, the pro tours and the NTs. Is that your plan for this year? Yep. So um, the only ones I'm not going to, Haley King will be traveling with me. So oh, yeah. we're meeting right. up at GBO. So she will be touring with me until we can't tour anymore based awesome. on money. Awesome. <laughs> so right on. Right on. She is. Yeah, she's meeting me at TBO. We're going to get her hooked up in the RV, get us all set up, and then we're going to Colorado. So the plan is we aren't going to San Francisco or, um, what's the other one, Masters Cup, just because of cost and you can't you can't park in the city and it's just it's really costly. So we're going to hang out in Colorado, run some clinics, hit up some smaller tournaments, which is still A tiers, but try to try to get some wins and then head to Beaver State in Portland. Awesome. That's really great. That sounds like a great plan. So with that, is there a tournament that you're most looking forward to this year? I'm excited about Beaver State because I was actually there last year trying to get in in advance, but I because it was such last minute of me going on the road, I didn't have a chance. But I was there, saw the courses, and it's gorgeous. So I'm excited about that tournament. Awesome. And it sounds like you've already done, you know, a good bit of traveling already, but is there a part of the country that you're really looking forward to, to maybe seeing for the first time or going back to? I'm excited about seeing the Northeast because we didn't go there. We went, um, we were all on the West Coast through Colorado, the middle of the country. So I'm excited about seeing that part of the country. Very cool. So on the uh, memorial coverage, we actually got to see some of uh, your play on, on that live coverage. And it was really interesting to see kind of your your game. And I thought um, if you could maybe talk a little bit about your approach to disc golf. Uh, it looked like you were doing plenty of flicks as well as, as backhands. And um, are you more dominant in one or the other? Or what, what does your game yeah, look like? So I So my dad was a forehand guy. So I started out throwing forehand only. And I got frustrated with that because I was maxed out on distance, couldn't figure it out. So then Jonathan Ray is really good with his backhand and he's known for his distance. Um, But I was like, I want to try something different, which frustrated my dad because he's going, no, that's not how we're doing this. Well, I ended up doing that, ended up gaining quite a bit of distance backhand. So that's why I still have both, which I'm really happy that I chose to do that because I have a more all-around game because of it. Um, and then I'm more comfortable with a forehand approach just because I can look at the target when I'm throwing. So, and that for me is just huge because I'm pretty good at looking at where I want to throw and throwing there. So backhand is a little sketchier for me. I'm not bad at it by any means, but it's just, I would prefer a forehand over backhand. Right on. Um, and you mentioned earlier, you're now sponsored by dynamic discs and can you talk yes. a little bit about what's in your bag and, and some of your favorite discs? Yeah, so I am Team Judge. They all, you know, you've <laughs> got some haters on that. Um, I've had a judge in my hand since day one. That's mm-hmm. what my dad putted with. That's mm-hmm. what I thought with. I love that disc. I think it's the best putter out there. Um, as far as drivers, I am in love with the Captain. And it's a 13 speed. It's considered understable, and it is. Um, but I could throw that on a hyzer and just have it flip and just flex for max distance. Um, as far as other games, I just got an Air Sheriff from Roncon, who is my coach. And I'm not big on air plastic, but this thing is awesome because it still has that stability to it where I can throw it so it doesn't feel like air plastic. I have a Ballista Pro in my bag. I've got a Defender in my bag. I've got a bunch of other stuff for 
I've learned that I need some overstable things based on Waco because of the headwind. I was losing my mind. I throw a regular sheriff, a first one, and a prototype. Um, as far as uh, fairways, I throw the Explorer. I love it. The Getaway just recently got in my bag. It's amazing. Uh, I throw a Bryce, which is actually understable. I use that more for in the woods. So you can, it's understable, so hides are flip or just throw it dead straight. Um, let's see. I throw the Emac Truth for mids. I throw a Warrant for mids. It's like a really glidey putter just for when I'm not quite in the range for a putter. I grab that. It glides forever. Um, a verdict I've recently been working on and the suspect is my go-to for approach game. So that's what I'm, a lot of times I, that's what you'll see me forehanding. It's either that or a justice. So that's pretty much my game. <laughs> so let's say a new woman player comes up to you. I know you haven't been playing for a super long time, but what, what's maybe some advice that you would have for someone just coming to the game? Just coming to the game. First off, don't be intimidated by playing with guys. Because a lot of them are just as intimidated by playing with a girl as you are playing with them because they're worried you're going to beat them. Okay, so just wipe that out of your head. I like it. And then I would say grab a diamond or something, you know, that's flippy. And I would say don't run up. Just stand there. Just work on your form as far as just reach back and being smooth. Don't work on your run up and your footwork yet. That'll come later. Um, and then as... Anything else, I always tell my mom, because she, she struggles with it, but I'm, I tell her to pick something out and aim at it. Don't just get up there and throw. Like You need to have a plan, and you need to map out the hole as if, okay, this is where I want to be. Maybe that's not where everybody else wants to be, but based on how I throw or how I want to approach, because I like a forehand approach, I want to be over here. So I kind of work on that, and it is a game. It's like a puzzle. Every single hole you walk up to is like a puzzle. So I look at it like that. Um, other than that, I would just soak up as much advice as you can from other players if you're new to the game. Mm -hmm. That's all really, really good advice. Thank you. So do you have a practice routine that you do when you're at home or on the road? So I'm still trying to figure that out, Sure. to be perfectly honest, because I'm not used to teeing off as early as 7 a.m. Right. That's, you know, that's new. I'm used to working that early, but not playing disc golf that early, yeah. so... <laughs> Um, and basketball games were always later in the day. Right. So as far as that, it's really hard for me to get out of bed. <laughs> I struggle with that. I feel you. Um, anybody right that there knows with me you. knows that I struggle with that. <laughs> so I, a lot of times you'll see me like, I'm probably like just rolled out of bed. Sure. It's terrible to say, but it's true. So I roll out of bed whenever I get out there, I grab my four main drivers. Um, well, I stretch a little bit before that. I'm really trying to work with disc golf strong and Seth and doing all that. Um, I need to get in a habit and just figure out what's good for me. I've been doing a few of his routines and just trying to figure out what helps me more than everybody, what everybody else is doing. So I'm going to put that into my routine. Um, I've been home for a little while, so I haven't done anything in a minute. But uh, I just get out there, throw some drives, throw some approach shots, make sure I warm up my forehand, and throw probably 20 putts. And... I don't putt a ton because I don't want to get out there and say I'm not warming up well and I'm missing. I don't want that getting in my head. So I really work on just I'm putting 20 putts and I walk away. So let's I know disc golf has kind of taken over your life here, right? <laughs> but what are some of your hobbies outside of disc golf? What do you like to do when you're not actually playing? Well, it's pretty much I mean, I hang out with my friends, you know, um, my best friend lives out here in Drummond's and 
she's like my savior. When I'm having issues out there on the road, mental game, whatever, I just call her and she gets my mind off the game. Um, we go out, you know, hang out and, but it's pretty much, we go play disc golf. Like that, <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much sad, but that's like all we do. So yeah. I'm either working on courses, I'm working on logos for t-shirts for right. disc golf, or I'm taking pictures for disc golf, or I'm, it's right. pretty much all disc golf. So it's either that or I'm working. So yeah. I, and you know, it used to be basketball, but right. I just, I'm, I've played recently and I fell. And so I was like, yeah, maybe not a good idea. So <laughs> I'm just trying not to get hurt at this point. So do you follow basketball at all? Like, have you been following the, the, uh, oh, yeah, the tournament? Yeah. I've been yep. keeping up with it a little bit. Yeah. Did you do a bracket? A lot of the, the, I don't have a bracket. Yeah. I, I just, I have been busy. I just didn't do one this year. Um, but I know a bunch of the players that are playing. So oh, I awesome. grew up with them that are playing. So that's cool. So I try to keep up with their teams. Very cool. All right. And, you know, you're, you're a young player and you've been around the game for a minute, even though you've only been playing, you know, seriously here for maybe not as long. But were there any players that you looked up to coming into the game? Any players that you still, you know, look to for advice? I know you've, you've named some here already. Um, well, because I'm pretty new to the scene, like, it's funny because people walk up to me and they're like, you know, so-and-so. And I'm like, no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> right, right. And they're like, how do you not know who that is? I'm going, I, I don't, I don't, like, people don't know who I am. I don't know who they are. <laughs> so, and they're going, well, they're, you know, world champion. I'm going, well, that, I don't know. Yeah, I should know that then, but I, totally I don't. understand. So yeah. I've got a lot of, you know, local people I've looked up to, but I didn't. I, like many other people, I didn't realize that this for a long time was like a thing. Like there's a career, like this is, people do this for their job. And so when I figured that out, of course I, you know, watch YouTube and watched uh, Joe Mez and all those things, but I don't know. I've never really been one to like idolize somebody, I guess, whether it was basketball or whatever sport I was doing. Um, Katrina Allen has definitely stepped up and helped me as far as, her and Austin have just been, you know, they've been great. They, she gave me her phone number and was like, if you have any issues on the road, Austin is all about RVs. And, he, he, you know, they're like, we'll help you out in any way we can. Just call us. So that's been amazing and, and just been amazing that someone would step up like that when they didn't need to or they didn't have to. Um, I actually haven't been super close with my team members yet just because I'm waiting on GBO. Sure. And I'm new to the sure. tour. They have their routines, and I'm trying to figure out where I fit in and all sure. that. Yeah. Um. But as far as idolizing Paul McBeth, obviously yeah. he's an incredible player yeah. in the sport. So you know, 18 down on Waco is ridiculous. Right. So maybe I should look with him as you know an idol. Yeah. Um. And I've always been one, which sounds weird, but I've I don't want to throw like a girl. Mm. So I would probably idolize more of a male athlete mm -hmm. than a female just because I want that form mm -hmm. I don't want to throw like a girl mm -hmm. if that makes sense mm -hmm. yeah so as as far as clinics and things I would think I would rather go to a male clinic mm -hmm. or things like that to get some advice on how to throw yeah awesome well Kelly thank you so much for taking some time to talk with me yeah no problem where can people find you what can they do to help you stay out on tour so you can find me on social media um I have tour fundraiser disc that's pretty much how i'm surviving right now mm -hmm. um i've saved up a bunch of money you know from working and things but um 
as far as anything else goes, those tour funders are just are key to keeping me on the road. Haley King as well. Mm-hmm. It would help us out because we're a team basically now. Right. Um, she's got her tour fundraiser disc, I believe, set up on Facebook. So you can get those and she'll ship them out to you. Um, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. You can message me. Anybody can message me. I, I take pride in the fact that I want people to be able to reach me because yeah. I want to be human. I don't want to be that person on tour that, oh, they're, you know, they're this person that's, they're not human. I want, like, if you have a question, you're more than welcome to message me. I'm liable to answer as long as you aren't <laughs> creepy or something. But um, please, yeah, just reach out, message me if you have any questions, anybody. I'm, I'm willing to help anybody out. So That's great. Any other shout outs before we let you go? Um, no, I mean, I've got uh, Ron Cons, my coach, Team Grassroots, Team Dynamic Disc. That's pretty much it. Wonderful. Well, Best of luck to you. I'm really, really excited to see you and Haley out there this season. I think it's going to be fantastic. And uh, if not before, I'll, I'll come say hi to you at UBO. And yeah, best of luck. Awesome. Thank you for this opportunity. The Kansas City Disc Golf Divas are passionate about creating unforgettable disc golf experiences for women and girls of all ages. Join the Divas on May 11th for the 5th annual Diva Spring Fever held at Rosedale Park in Kansas City. This women's two-round event is part of the Heartland Women's Series and sure to be one of the highlights of your disc golf season. To register or to sponsor the event, visit igotthefeva.com, that's igotthefeva.com, where you can also keep updated on women's league nights, upcoming diva events, and volunteer opportunities. Thank you for listening to the Ladies of the Chains Disc Golf Podcast. I will put links on the episode notes as well as our Facebook and Instagram to Kelly McMorrin and Haley King's social media so you can go grab a tour support disc for them. And if you like the podcast, if you would be so kind to rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening on, that helps other people find the podcast. And we always love to hear from our listeners. You can email me at ladiesofthechains at gmail.com or find us on social media. You can also find us on at GBO. We'll be down at the Glassblown Open on Saturday, April 27th for that block party. We'll be hanging out at the DZ Discs tent. So come and see us there. And thank you always to DZ Discs, where the disc you see is the disc you get. Have a great week. We'll be back next week with a brand new discussion podcast. And we'll see you then here on the Ladies of the Chains Disc Golf Podcast.